What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Undrafted Sports Podcast. We are back again today with an NBA offseason edition of the podcast. Uh, I'm joined, as always, with Damon, Sean, and CG. And we kind of hinted at it a few times before, uh, but we're going to do a lot of offseason stuff here. We're going to get into some salary cap numbers. We're going to go team by team, have just kind of a discussion of where each team is at. Uh, obviously, the big free agents with LeBron and Paul George and what's going to happen with Kawhi. And, you know, um, we'll get into all that. But everybody has their own team, like we said when we did the the uh, mock draft um, whichever team we had in the mock draft is the team that we ended up picking for the offseason. We were going to simulcast it with 2K and kind of make our own offseason, say what we did, but it didn't really work out. So we're just going to kind of have a discussion and, and see what the opinions of everybody think and where these teams are at. So just a, a few starters before we get into this we have assumed a 101 million salary cap and we've also assumed a 123 million dollar tax line um so getting into a lot of these teams are going to be right around the tax below or above it so we, we just wanted to clarify those numbers um and i guess with that uh i will start with the forever loved cleveland cavaliers um, as it stands now, if you take LeBron off of their books, they are still at minus $12.5 million in space. So they're still below the cap with 13 players. That's, that's including 13 players. Unfortunately, Tristan Thompson and Jordan Clarkson are on their team. Uh, they are due th- over $30 million uh, for the next each year for the next two. Um, Kevin Love has an expiring contract next year, and J.R. Smith, actually, him and George Hill are both guaranteed for this year. George Hill's at $19 million. J.R. Smith's at fourteen seven. So, as you can hear with the numbers, I mean, this is why they're in the freaking tax without LeBron even on their team, period. So, they're, they're in bad shape. Um, but next year, J.R. is only $3.87 million guaranteed. And George Hill's only a million dollars guaranteed. So you can really, in essence, say that those two guys are more or less on expiring contracts. Caleb has his uh, player option. It's going to be for like over $25 million. I'm not sure what he's going to do with that. I guess it depends on the year he has or if he gets traded or what have you. Um, but they could possibly get off of a lot of money next year, which would be huge for them. So... The way this team goes, it's really just going to depend on what LeBron does. Are they going to blow it up and rebuild it if he leaves? Or are they just going to go all in July 1st and say, hey, LeBron, we're, we're going for it. We're going to try to make some trades. Uh, we're going to get off some salary. We're going to get you some better players, and we want to re-up you for as long as you want to re-up for. Uh, I'm not really sure what direction they're going to go. Um, but me personally – I would try to get off as much salary as I can and try to get some replacement players that maybe fill LeBron's wishes and wants on the court as well as trying to get your roster younger because you really can't get much older at this point. I mean, they did some good jobs last year getting Larry Nance and Zizic 
Um, so they got a little bit younger. They drafted Colin Sexton with that Nets pick, number eight. So that's good, too. Um, but you can't just completely go more into Capel than you already are just because you want to appease LeBron. Like, you have to, at some point, have some kind of future ahead of you. I think uh, Kevin Love's contract's going to be, say LeBron leaves, I would come trade deadline time, Kevin Love's going to be a huge asset for you to be able to flip to a team looking to make a run and trying to you know, acquire some assets from one of those teams, like draft picks or whatever, especially with him being uh, expiring. Yeah, if LeBron leaves, I think you, you you just have to blow it up. I mean, you can't you can't like Dan said with the roster that they have, Thompson, J.R. Smith. Like you're not gonna contend. You might as well just go in the cellar and, and hope you get three or four number one picks again because this team's not gonna compete as good as Kevin Love is. It's not good enough to make the playoffs, or if it is the playoffs in the East, it's not gonna do anything. And Gilbert's got to start from scratch and. He built. He dug this grave by appeasing LeBron, by giving all these guys this money, yep. and now you just got to kind of be done with it. And if LeBron wants, to, if LeBron opts in, then you go all out again. You have to. You either are going to pay fifty million, forty million dollars luxury tax bill, and be in the finals another year, or you're going to completely tank when LeBron leaves and suck and just start acquiring assets like Colin said using what you have to to get any and all assets you can uh, get from any team that's willing to take some of these high-end contracts from you and they also traded away one of the top 10 players in the NBA for Isaiah Thomas and now Colin Sexton and that was when they didn't have a GM because David Griffin stepped down and you'd more or less imagine that Dan Gilbert made that trade. And now look where it's got him. Well, and something that it was floated out uh, this week, and I think it's kind of gotten squashed, was the, the Kimba for Sexton trade. And I thought that, you know, that'd be a great thing to go to LeBron and be like, hey, we have a trade in place. If you are to resign, you say you want an all-star, we have a chance to go out and get Kimba. So we can add Kimba to you and Kevin Love. And the three of y'all, you know, Kimba would help take pressure off. Uh, you won't have to rely on a point guard to, you know, be the secondary ball handler on the team. Um, so I thought that was, you know, something that would be really enticing for LeBron. But I think something came out today to where it was like, how oh, the talks kind of got smashed. And it works for the Hornets as well, who uh, Kimba's on last year of his deal. They end up replacing him with a, you know, similar style, aggressive type point guard. Uh, so I, I think that would make a lot of sense. I don't know why it got squashed, but you know maybe trying to do something similar with a different team, trying to acquire uh, another all-star for him to pair along, especially someone who is a playmaker with the ball in his hand, so not so much of that is so heavily relied upon just him to make something out of absolutely nothing. Something that I think will benefit the Cavs is that LeBron has to opt in. We're recording this on Thursday night. He has to opt in or opt out by tomorrow. And he's already come out or his camp has already come out and said he wants a decision by July 4th. Uh, so instead of dragging it out and not knowing what he's going to do and who should we try to make a play for and kind of digging even deeper, if he comes out and says, all right, I'm going to the Lakers, they know pretty quickly what can ha- what's going to happen. So then – you just you go to work, and I don't think you make a move until you know what LeBron's going to do. 
I'm I'm going to be in the camp of okay. I'm not going to wait for LeBron. That's that's what's got us burned before when he left for Miami, and now it's going to get us burned again. And it, for what Damon said with trading for for Kimba, I wouldn't touch that trade until I knew what LeBron's doing. Because if LeBron's not coming, I'm not trading for Kimba. I'm just going to roll with Sexton and just be bad and let him play. And so. I think if that if LeBron stays true to his word or whoever released that that he wants to have a decision by July fourth, that really benefits this them this time as opposed to I think it was like July eleventh or twelfth when he left for Miami. And you also anybody who doesn't know these guys can't just sign people like you don't get salary cap out of thin air. You can't just say oh the Cavs should sign this guy and this guy like financially they've dug themselves in such a deep hole that they have no space to sign anybody. They have no time to space anybody that's worthwhile for LeBron to stay. Like they have to make moves with their cap and moves with the players that they have on contracts that are not what teams want. Like nobody has cap space. Nobody's taking these guys. Like it's going to be really really difficult to develop a team that will appease LeBron with the assets that you have available to you, especially when all of your picks are going to be low. And when I mean low, I mean high in the 20s in the 20s and around 30 so it's not going to be really something that teams are going to be looking for all right well i guess uh after lebron the second biggest story of the offseason is is Kawhi leonard and the spurs and uh it, it appears that that is uh, a done deal it's just a matter of where he goes so the spurs are are going to be looking to get as as much as possible Obviously, for a player that, when healthy, is is a top five or six player in the league, he, you know, there's the bad blood there that that happened with his injury and them not allowing a second opinion and the comments that were made by Ginobili and Parker and Pop. So, uh, I think that that bit bridge has been burned and it's time for Kawhi to move on. The Lakers are, I think, the front runner. Uh, they have the most assets. Kawhi wants to play there. Uh, it's just a matter of those two teams agreeing to a deal. Uh, I think Magic should be smart enough to say, look, Kawhi wants to come here. He's going to opt out next year. We shouldn't have to gut our team. But by waiting, you don't necessarily guarantee LeBron James this year. So that's working in the Spurs' favor. If the Lakers are willing to offer Ingram in a pick is what Woj reported today. The Spurs want more. I would assume that more means Kyle Kuzma maybe another pick. But are the Lakers willing to gut their team? I know Colin will touch on this after I get done, but I don't think they want to. I don't think Laker fans want to as much as they want Kawhi. They really love Ingram and Kuzma and, and the future uh, that those two have. So all that aside with Kawhi, whether he goes to the Lakers, the Celtics, the, the 76ers, the Clippers, wherever he's going to end up going, the Spurs, they were two games out of being a three-seed last year in the Western Conference, and Kawhi Leonard played nine games. I think if you kind of – reverse reverse it, you look at it and say, okay, well, if Kawhi wasn't on that team last year, but they had Ingram and Kuzma or they had Covington and Sarich, they probably are a three seed. So it, all is not lost uh, in San Antonio. They definitely aren't going to be able to compete with the Warriors or the Rockets or the super team that might happen for LA. Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just have to hope that they they can get guys in there that, that fit their system, that they like, that they can – turn into Spurs-type players, and I think Ingram fits that uh, to a T. 
Jalen Brown, but I don't think that's going to happen. So they've got uh, a pretty large cap hold situation going on with Tony Parker and Rudy Gay. Uh, that combined is the $33 million cap hold. All told, they could clear some space um, if they decide to renounce Parker and Gay. And if they trade Kawhi for a couple of lower-end rookie deals, they could open up some some money. They also are going to have the, the full mid-level, and I think they have the biannual too. So they have some money to bring in you know, the veteran guy. Uh, they drafted Lonnie Walker, who probably will spend a lot of time in the D-League to kind of get his game going on. But eventually it's going to be a younger squad with DeJounte and Lonnie Walker. Uh, they have restricted free agents in Kyle Anderson and Bertens. It's it's Lamarcus's team, so <clears throat> second team All NBA. He he proved that he was really good in that system and that he could do things on both ends. I would imagine whatever they get for Kawhi will be better than what they had last year, meaning that Kawhi didn't play. It's obviously not better than Kawhi, but this team should be able to make the playoffs and you know be a, a top three or four or five seed. They're not going to compete with the Warriors or anything. I think if you're smart for the Spurs, you build for 2019. You've got um, Pau Gasol's contract is partially guaranteed, so that's a huge uh, $16 million coming off. Danny Green will be a free agent. So you'll have more room to play with next year uh, if you can try to land one of the big free agents that are there next year. Uh, so all in all, it's it's sad that Kawhi's leaving, but it's not the end of the world. And you know they'll they'll kind of just continue going about their business and hope that the guys that they get for Kawhi can contribute enough to get them back into the, the top three or four in the West. So that's it for the Spurs. But I know Colin <clears throat> is going to touch on some of the stuff with the Lakers with what I said. Yeah, but I got I got a couple questions for you. So it's pretty much same here. It's pretty much a done deal. You don't Kawhi is getting traded this offseason, right? The Spurs aren't going into the regular season with Kawhi Leonard on their team on their roster, are they? They're they're not gonna roll the they're not gonna roll the dice and say maybe we're we're just gonna keep him and not get nothing for him right? No, they're definitely not gonna do that. Okay, good. How much do you think Bertens and Kyle Anderson will get? Man, I'm terrible at this. I would guess if anybody were to offer Kyle Anderson, it might be four for twenty twenty two maybe would be the the max that he he's he's a five or six million dollar a year player. Uh, Burton's would be less than that, maybe four for sixteen. I think somebody's gonna uh, pay Burton's more than that. Hey, Forbes is a free agent, right? Unrestricted. Yeah, no, he's a he's a restricted one too. The Spurs have tendered offers to Burton's, uh, Anderson, and Forbes. So all three of those guys, they can match any offer that comes in. Rudy Gay's not gonna get that eight point eight million. Yeah, I was surprised that he opted out. I think he just opted out, and he's just going to go ring chase. I think he's going to look at Houston, look at Golden State, maybe uh, Boston or Philadelphia. I think that's the only reason that he would opt out of that. He's made a ton of money in his career. Um, And it's possible that the Spurs, who have the full mid-level, could go back at him and say, hey, we'll give you this again. Uh, I I think he's going to ring chase, though. I I think he's going to try to go that route that David West and, and company did to try to get a ring and if only time he's ever made the playoffs was last year in his entire career, so I think he he got a taste of that and he wants more. He he's only thirty one. Like pretty still. good candidate for a tax player MLE. Yeah. All right, L.A. Lakers. I mean, where to freaking start here? I guess you start with LeBron um, <laughs> or Kawhi. Well, 
We'll address the Kawhi stuff first. I mean, the talks of Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, and multiple first-round picks is absolutely ridiculous to me. Kawhi is worth every bit of that, but you just don't gut your team for that you've been working for working on the past few few years. I mean, he he's already committed to you. In 2019, this team won 35 games. They were 12 games out of the playoffs. They're going to get better. I mean, these young guys, they have a good group of guys. Ingram's going to improve. Lonzo's going to improve. I mean, they're just going to get better. So, you go from 35 games to 40 games. I mean, you're right there. And then you're going into 2019 for agency, you know, loaded up with potential three max guys. You stretch. You the uh, When you stretch Dang, it's – He's on two years. He's owed $36 million over the next two years. You stretch him over the next five, right? So times two of what he's owed and then plus one, correct? So that's like 7.2 per, per year for the next five? I think it's around seven and a half. So, yeah, something like that. So we got to do that before August August 31st. And that's, you know, we're not going to be able to trade him. That's an un, untradeable contract. Do not package him. With Lonzo Ball, like we did Mozgov with D'Angelo Russell, I don't think we're dumb enough to do that. But like I said, don't gut your team for somebody that's already committed because we want to hopefully get LeBron James. Fuck that shit. Go after Paul George, offer him the max. Go after LeBron, offer what, offer him what he wants. His one, one plus one. If we swing and miss, who fucking cares? Roll with the young guys. Give them the experience. We'll go into 2019. We're going to land a big fish. You just you don't gut your team like that. LeBron has is a proven franchise killer. Okay, we end up with Kawhi, LeBron, and Paul George, and Lonzo Ball. I mean, are we going to beat the Warriors? You got to keep in mind LeBron's 33 years old. At the end of Paul George's four-year max, he's going to be 32. And then you got Kawhi. He'll sign that four-year next year. When he comes off the books, yeah. So I mean, there's no youth there, and then you're trading assets. I mean, say within the four or five years, yeah. But if, if they bring a championship to L.A., none of that matters. Yeah, I mean, you, do you think that that team is going to bring you a championship within the next four or five years? I mean, it's very possible. Depends on how you round out the rest of your lineup. Yeah, absolutely. But from my standpoint, you don't gut your team for Kawhi. You let it roll. I mean, if they take the Ingram and I agree, if, if, you, if they take the Ingram and future first round pick, I would even I would even put Ingram in two future firsts for uh, Kawhi. I would do that. Don't throw in Kuzma and Hart and other guys, other assets. But I w- I'd be okay with Ingram and two future firsts for Kawhi. And then you know you go after Paul George and you go after LeBron. And if you miss on those guys. I would offer Randall a one-year $25 million, the one-year max for Julius Randall, and then go into the 2019 with that. I mean, Sean made a you know, make, make a good point about the $12, $13 million one, but why bother with it? Why bother having to trade him when you can just sign him to the one-year $25 mil? So, and no, This is sound logic. Yeah, I mean, and no boogie for me. Don't go sign DeMarcus Cousins. I love DeMarcus Cousins, but... I just, I, I don't like the fit there. And, um, 
And he's coming off. No, he wants to get traded for Otto Porter. And he's getting Achilles. coming off an Achilles injury, man. So, that's my take on the Lakers. What y'all, any questions? Hey, hey, let me ask you. Do y'all have y'all's first round pick this year? Uh, Yes. Okay, okay. No, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, I understand not wanting to give up all those assets, but, you know, uh, there's so many franchises that they would – sell the farm to to just get one taste of a championship but I, I guess coming from your perspective if if you're not thinking that, that team can overcome the Warriors then your mortgage in the future for you know just playoff appearances in Western Conference Finals you know that's you're the LA Lakers that that's meaningless I mean championships are the only thing that matters in that city well at least for that team but uh <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I understand. I think, you know, the whole Kuzma thing, if you're able to land LeBron, Kawhi, and then somehow also pull off uh, Paul George, I don't know if I would sweat losing Kuzma as well just because, I mean, how much, even if he does get some playing time, how much usage is, are you really going to get out of a guy like that? But it's not it's not the po- the possibility of gaining LeBron. It's the possibility. There's no for sure thing. So, yeah, we get Kawhi and we lose three fucking studs or three, you know, good assets in the process and we don't land Paul George and we don't land LeBron. I mean, then we we still got money going into 2019, but fuck, man. What if we swing and miss miss again? Well, yeah, I mean, the risk is always there, just like the Heat in um, 2011. I mean, the the risk is always going to be there. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's the reward that you're looking at. Like, you, at sooner or later, the Lakers are going to go for it. They're not going to try to build gradually like the Warriors did. Like, they're going to go after Big Fish every single year, every time they have money. Yeah, I get and that. at some point, you just got to go for it. But I get that, but I feel like... I think you got to look at, um, and like y'all said, the championships and wanting to bring them back as, as soon as possible is a huge deal. But I think you got to look at how the Boston Celtics played it all out. Every year in the assets that they gathered, and I know they got a lot more than we do, but they just waited and waited and waited and waited and just gathered them up. And look where they're at now. They just were patiently – yeah, they, I mean, they accelerated a little bit with getting a good coach and they landed some – you know, good guys, but uh, you just got to be patient. You can't overreact, in my opinion. But it being L.A. Okay, I got a, I got a counter to that Celtics argument. Do you have a argument, argument, Sean? Because I have a counter, well, I got a counter to the, that. I got a counter for the Celtics. It's that they played in the East. Um, That Celtics team, are they, beating, are they beating the Rockets? Are they beating the Warriors to get to the Western Conference Finals? It's true. Hell no. I don't think so. But my, my thing for the Lakers, and I 100% agree with Colin, you're not. You don't need to be in a hurry to trade all these assets to get Kawhi. You need to tell LeBron, look, you got to come here. We've got a deal in place with the Spurs that will get us Kawhi Leonard, but we're not pulling the trigger until you commit to us. Because I'm not going to gut my team, and then you have a change of heart and go back to Cleveland or pull the old bait and switch and sign with Houston or San Antonio or Cle- uh, Boston. So the Lakers really have no competition right now. They the Celtics aren't coming off of any of their high-end assets. The only competition they have is Sarich and Covington. The Lakers could offer better than that that the Spurs would take. 
Speaking of the Celtics and Danny Ainge, I think he's in charge of programming computer trades on 2K. I think he just goes to teams like, hey, I'm interested in Kawhi. How about Terry Rozier and our second rounder? What do you think? Let's do it. Send it. Like the whole all they can do is say no thing. Like Danny Ainge dreams about that shit. <laughs> um, but my counter argument to the uh, Celtics and how they patiently waited and built, and you know, same with the 76ers, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the Celtics did wait and build and they went out and got Kevin Garnett, they went and got Ray Allen. I know this is a different generation of basketball, but kind of like I was saying with Kimba and I guess uh, Sean articulated a little bit better, I would wait, like he said, for to pull the trigger on the Kawhi trade until I got some type of commitment from LeBron. And I think something working huge in the Lakers' favor is Magic Johnson. LeBron's not going to look Magic Johnson, you know, with the respect that he has for him and say, hey, if you have a chance to get Kawhi, I will sign with you. So you make that trade and I will sign with you. I don't think it, with it being Magic Johnson that LeBron's going to, you know, go back on his word in that sense if uh, if they do go out and make that trade. That's to be determined in my eyes. We'll see what he can fucking do. What about Isaiah Thomas, Colin? Uh, as a player? Yeah, I mean, you got him in a trade, so, I mean, you have his bird rights. I know he's not going to get a max contract, but would you be open to bringing him back this year? Uh, no. Uh, he played well, okay. but... Uh, I was just curious. I just... I think you just you load up on cap space, man. Do what you got to do, and if we, you know, if we swing and miss on everybody, don't even get Kawhi. You just sign a bunch of one year guys and roll into it. Give Julius that one year yeah, twenty five max. That's what I'm saying. Like you could sign back Isaiah. You could sign KCP, Brooke Lopez. Everybody on a one year, just run it back. Try to get a maybe you get a lottery pick into the lottery, compete for the playoffs. And, you know, get another asset. I think you also, when you're in that kind of position, you kind of take flyers on a couple guys that could potentially blossom. So, say, Mario Mario Hinzoja. Say you pay him a one-year $18 million contract. Just to see, you know, maybe he, just just to see what he does. Who knows? KCP played his fucking ass off. And he's going to get a, I think, Pretty good contract this offseason. But just say you, you pay Mario something outrageous that he can't refuse. You know, that's just, or, you know, somebody that you like that could blossom and it could turn into an asset maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you have to spend your space at some point. Another thing that you guys could do that uh, I don't see many people talking about is, and I don't know, it may be because Randall won't agree to it, but you could sign and trade him. Um, after you used up your space to get another quote-unquote star. You know, like you could, if LeBron and PG commit and Randall hasn't signed yet and you go to somebody and say, okay, we'll sign and trade with Randall, then you you have a, an, a that's another chip that you could use to bring in a fourth piece um, where somebody that is afraid of losing somebody or somebody's on an expiring that you can bring in. Hell, you could sign and trade with Boogie. You know, there are different things that you could do with Randall as a sign-and-trade option that uh, once you use your space, it's fine to sign-and-trade him because he's already a cap hold. It's fine. You, you can just dump him that way. 
I like that. It's good. Ready to move on? Our segues are just abysmal. Yeah, they're not great. <laughs> so, well, uh, we were just talking about the Boston Celtics and Kyrie Irving's coming up on his deal. Um, it, Damon, do you have any targets that maybe he'd be looking at for 2019 that teams that he would want to go to? Kyrie? Yeah. The Knickerbockers. <laughs> Flawless segue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was... I was I was actually going to go to the Raptors. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll cut it. We'll cut it. Um, We're not cutting it. Fuck. Well, as so uh, beautifully and smoothly transitioned into, uh, Toronto Raptors got the one seed, 59 games. Uh, tremendous season. It, despite the way it ended, you know, getting swept by the Cavs, that's kind of been their bugaboo for the past couple seasons. I think... Pretty much like everything else this offseason, I think the Raptors need to wait on LeBron. If he stays east, I I think they just need to blow it up, especially if he goes to you know the Sixers or, or, or a team, or if the Cavs are able to make some moves and, and really build a powerful squad you know, better than the one they currently have. I just don't think that the team that they have in place is really uh, set up to to beat a, a strong-led LeBron team. With that being said, if LeBron does decide to go out west uh, to one of the many teams we've already discussed, I, I think the Raptors should go all for it. You know, like I said, they got the one seed, 59 wins. Uh, Celtics and the Sixers are probably going to be the two best teams if LeBron leaves. Definitely two best teams outside of them. Um, and just go for it. You got Fred Van Bleet who's a restricted free agent. I think whatever you have to do to re-sign him, re-sign him. Um, can't really do much else. I mean, they have the, I want to say they have the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception. No, they just have the taxpayer mid-level exception, $5.2 million, so they could use that to bring in another piece. But if LeBron stays, I think DeRozan, Lowry, Move surge if you need to use some picks. Move surge. I think they just need to completely blow it up. I've mentioned it several times on the pod. I think Andrew Wiggins. Uh, he's really young. He's from Canada. One of the biggest problems I think Toronto has is not only luring luring players to them, but keeping them there once they get them, just because it's fucking Canada. So go out and get a guy who's from there. You know move DeBrosen or Lowry for him and, you know, try to start building a, a younger core because Lowry and DeRozan are both, you know, over 30 and they're getting up there in age. So trying to build a younger core to kind of build for the future and wait for some of the other teams to kind of wash out. I have a question. Yes. Is it true or false that Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, and Serge Ibaka are making a combined over $80 million next year? Alex Trebek, what is true? So, you're going to pay the tax for a team that got swept by the Cavs in the second round of the playoffs. And that's what I'm saying. Blow it up if LeBron stays. If he Blow leaves, it up if LeBron hey, Blow it up altogether. This I doesn't agree. work for them. That's what I was getting yeah. at. Who's going to take on Serge Ibaka? you got to give... Who's going to take, <laughs> take on Serge Ibaka? Who's going to take on Serge Ibaka's contract? Your best contract? Not even a good contract is, you know, DeMar DeRozan. I love him, but, I mean, 
Kyle Lowry at thirty-one, thirty-three million dollars. Come on, man. God, Arbaca's contract is terrible. Valchiunas's contract isn't awful, but I mean, Valchiunas got a player option, so yeah. I mean, those two-year contracts are their best contract is OG Ananobi. Like clearly, they gave Norman Powell a four-year extension, and he didn't get off the bench. Oh yeah, he's gonna make nine million dollars next year, and he's gonna make. Annual raises until he gets to freaking 2022 when he's making 11-6. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and that's what I'm saying. They have the team to win almost 60 games. They just they have a mental block with LeBron. Once LeBron gets in town, they just completely shut down. So if he's still in the Eastern Hemisphere, he needs to – not, that's not even close to accurate. Damn, they struggle um, with you guys. They, they, I mean, the multiple years you guys have bounced them from the – like. They're not they're not better than Milwaukee. Like if they play Milwaukee who took Boston to seven games this year, you think Milwaukee and Toronto I I think they just need to start over. And like Colin said, it's gonna be tough because who's gonna take on these contracts, but this isn't gonna work. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna beat the Sixers, they're not gonna beat the Celtics. Are they better than the Wizards? Are they better than the Bucks? Are they better than the Pacers? Like, just blow it up. Just blow it up. Damon, do you want to just go down your list of all the teams that you have? Because every single one of your teams is like this. They're, they're the same exact blueprint. <laughs> they all have the same blueprint. But uh, And I was talking to the Sean about this last night. Um, I did come up with a three-team trade for the Raptors. Oh, I love it. Oh, let's hear it. Let's go. So, uh, I got Kyle Lowry, you know, played, played uh, his college ball where? Philadelphia. 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 They, they need a you know a combo guard who could play alongside Ben Simmons. So you send Kyle Lowry to Philly. Mm-hmm. In return, you get Darius Arch. Okay. In order to make it make sense, I mean, you're not just going to give up Kyle Lowry for uh, Darius Arch. So you also send Serge down to Atlanta. Atlanta just drafted Trey Young. So let's free up some minutes for him and just give him full reign while we're in tank mode. I mean, Atlanta probably has is the furthest away from any type of uh, competition right now. Competing, compet- competing competitively—that sounds stupid—but competing for you know playoff spot or anything. So send Dennis Schroeder up to Toronto, and then you throw in some picks to Atlanta to entice them to do it and take on Serge's contract. And I think everyone gets something out of it. You get a little bit younger in Toronto. I don't think Philadelphia can just take Lowry into space. That's like twenty eight million. I don't know. I know they, they have a that. lot. I mean, maybe you gotta throw something else in there and you renounce JJ Reddick, but Actually the Philadelphia seventy sixers have twenty seven point eight million dollars in space with thirteen players on their roster. Hold on, can I point out can I point out that Der- can I point out that DeRozan and Schroeder playing together will won't shoot any fucking threes. They might not make over fifty combined on the year. <laughs> uh, if we're doing that, we're sending DeRozan somewhere. Um, you can you can do a sign and trade with Julius Randle and give us uh, Randle for Rosen if that's the case. We're just trying to get off salary and. Hey Lakers, don't do this. Do not do this. <laughs> hey, I do have a, a counter argument to you saying nobody wants to stay in Toronto. They fucking kept Lowry and DeRozan, bro. Look at their contracts. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. It's a lot of money. And that's why they're probably not going to get traded is because of the incentives that Toronto gave them to stay. 
Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead with the Sixers, even though Damon ruined my amazing transition to the Sixers. Um, like I said, they have 13 players and about $28 million in space, um, and this is including the cap hold, uh, I'm sorry, not including the cap holds of J.J. Redick, Amir Johnson, uh, Marco Bellinelli, and Ersan Ilyasova. Uh, J.J. Redick's cap hold is $27.6 million. So with him making $23 million last year, um, obviously that's that's why it's that high. Uh, they're going to renounce that for sure. I don't know if they're going to try to bring J.J. back, but he was a pretty big part of their team last year. I guess it just depends what they get in free agency or via trade. So interesting thing with Robert Covington, he's been talked about in the Kawhi deal, and he's obviously a chip that they are looking to move. He's... Did he make first-team all-defense? First-team. So, he I mean, he, he's a good player. He's a 3 and D. This is what this league's coming to. But, you know, if if they can upgrade that position, they're looking at a really impressive title. Well, maybe not title, but East contender for sure. So, if he gets traded, and again, like Sean said, we're recording this on a Thursday night, so once Sunday starts, this is a new league year. If he gets traded before Sunday – his cap number is actually $16.7 million. If he gets traded after July 1st, because of his extension kicking in for the new league year, he actually only counts 10.5 against the cap. So depending on trades and how the money's going to work, especially if you're trading with a team over the cap where money has to be really tight to make those trades work, that's a pretty important detail, and I just think it's pretty freaking interesting Especially with that being the guy that they're really looking to move with uh, Embiid's contract kicking in this year. That was a really cool nugget. Also, uh, Jared Bayless, who does not play for them whatsoever, uh, he is on an $8.5 million expiring contract. There was talk that they were going to try to move him along with one of their, maybe that late first round pick or one of their second round picks, try to get somebody to take him into space. It just didn't come to fruition. Um, so... If they can move that contract without taking with taking minimal damage to come back, they will have enough space to put LeBron in there. He may have to take a few hundred thousand off, but they will have enough space for for LeBron to, to be on that team, even though it seems really unlikely at this point. I'm not sure if they're going to try to go after Paul George, but I think Paul George would be an incredible fit on this team. I think he would be even better than LeBron would. Yeah, I think somebody who can help stretch the floor. I mean, and, and Paul George fits, you know, that defensive mindset that they have. I, I forget exactly where they finished defensively, but Covington obviously being first team All-NBA. Joel Bede was one of the finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. Like, they have a really good defense. And adding somebody like Paul George who, you know, Everyone knows how good of a offensive threat he is. He's a really good shooter, super athletic, can get to the hole. But he's a really, really good defender too. So he would add a lot to that team just as a stretch the floor and just another guy who can help lock down, you know, your Kevin Durant and, and LeBron James's and people that you got to face on a night-in, night-out basis once you get to the playoffs. I'm sorry, but I don't, I'm, I don't believe in uh, trading Marco Fultz. You were all in on that guy last year. Um, and you got some rumors saying that he's trade him to the Spurs and shit like that. But I just don't think you can do it. Don't give up on him just yet. I agree. 
I, I don't know that the whole rumor about him having the yips like that's tough to come, get over. The rumor what? The yips. The fuck is that? He pretty much like for he forgot like <laughs> okay I know we're switching sports but Hayden Hurst went pro in baseball before he got drafted as a tight end but he left baseball because he he forgot how to throw a baseball I know it sounds stupid but like that the, he has a mental block about shooting. Like, that's why his form is so bad is because he has the yips. Because his shoulder was so messed up that his shooting form is now altered. Yeah. And it's it's a mental thing, too. Like, it's weird. Not doing it. Bye. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the yips, I got the Boston Celtics up next. And they're rumored to be with the Kawhi Leonard trade. I don't know that they're going to be willing to come off of any of their big pieces. They have... Uh, the decision after that then is Marcus Smart. Um, he's probably going to get paid or get extended a pretty good offer sheet from another team. What do we think that number is going to be, guys? What are we looking at for Marcus? I believe Marcus said he wants more than twelve to fourteen. Just do not think he's going to get that. Yeah, I think he's going to get that. I think ten is a good number. I think he's getting that. Somebody's going to overpay for him. Let's say he gets. 10, let's just round number. The, the Celtics probably match that, right? Like, they're, they're not going to let him walk away for $10 million a year because their salaries Does go from... they don't get the, anyone else? Yeah, like, if they... I mean, other than making a trade, they have the, the full mid-level at 8.5, and then they have decisions to make on Marcus Smart. Greg Monroe, they're not going to bring back. Aaron Baines, they might bring back. So... You know they've they've got uh, twelve players under contract right now, with two of them being partially guaranteed. Marcus Smart, your mid level, like that's going to be kind of your team, assuming you don't make another trade. So at four for forty, I would assume they would match that on Marcus Smart. I mean, you got to if you anticipate you know, if Kyrie leaves next year, then you got Rozier. You have to sign resign Rozier next year, but then you also got. Marcus. Yeah, so I think they, unless they make a trade, a wild trade, um, I mean, they got their big fish last year when they got Gordon and then traded for Kyrie. So I don't expect them to be too active unless the Spurs are just willing to take less just so that Kawhi doesn't play out west. But I don't see that happening. I don't think the the Celtics, the full mid-level, 8.5, I mean, Tyreek Evans, maybe. Like, I don't know who they would go after, who they like. Uh, if if they match on Marcus Smart, then they pretty much have their backup guards set. Um, so, I, I don't know where you They have a ton of wings with Gordon and Tatum, uh, Marcus Morris, Jalen Brown. Um, so, I, I don't know. <sighs> backup center. Like, I don't know what they really need. Their team is really good. I would resign Aaron full... Baines for sure. Yeah, I would too. I would too. He played very good minutes for them, and he actually played decent, um, you know, in, in big games. So they're they're a really good team. They if LeBron leaves, they're probably the favorite to win the East. If LeBron stays, they're probably one B to win the East. Uh, I think they're better than Philadelphia, just especially when you consider they're getting Gordon and Kyrie back. So there's not much that needs to be done. I think Danny Ainge is smart enough to know that he's not going to blow up the team to trade for Kawhi without getting a commitment for Kawhi. So 
pretty pretty boring offseason. I th- I'm going to predict for Boston. They probably match any offer under twelve a year for Marcus Smart, and then use their full mid level on maybe another backup winger. That's the luxury that they have. I mean, they have yeah. three max guys, and then the rest of their contracts are either rookie or super low. Like the next highest contract they have is Jason Tatum, which they're not going to trade, other than Kyrie Horford and Hayward. So they're just going to bring back two of their three best players, and they're going to run that shit back, and they're going to try to win the East. It's a pretty simple plan. Yep. I mean, they're set. They got the fucking Kings pick next year too. Yep. So, <laughs> I mean, they're sitting so pretty right now. They don't need to do anything. Danny Ainge is just trying to trade freaking Gershon Yabasele for fucking LeBron James, and it's just not going to happen. Or another first round <laughs> pick they could use later on. Yeah, in 2027, when they can draft high school players. I think the second that LeBron decides he's going to L.A., the the second biggest winner of the day will be the Boston Celtics because they, assuming healthy, of course, they should be representing the Eastern Conference in the finals next year. It won't matter, but they should be representing the Eastern Conference in the finals next year. I feel like no team should make a move, no matter East or West, until LeBron makes his decision. No marquee team. I think team, that's going to happen. Like you can talk to guys and get you know fillers and stuff, but don't make no fucking move until he decides where he's going. Yeah, I mean you'll get like marginal guys, like maybe like Derek Favors will decide, or I don't like Dante Exum will sign with the Jazz, or you know like middling guys like that who are role players. But you're not going to see any big fish land until LeBron goes. Maybe, like Sean said, maybe Boogie, because Boogie seems like a more individual guy than anyone else, but I don't think you're going to see many people do that. Speaking of uh, Boogie, his former team is up next, uh, the Sacramento Kings. Beautiful. Uh, so, Amon Shumpert opted in at $11 million. They got Zach Randolph on expiring at 11.69. They have Bogdan with two more God. years. Two more years, who's... A, a good player, nine mil and uh, eight mil. They got Kofis, uh, who opted in at eight point seven, and then they got Gary Temple, who opted in at eight mil, and then Willie Costein's on an expiring with at four mil. Um, they have they announced they got cap holds on uh, Vince Carter and Caboco, whatever that Brazilian dude's name is. They'll most they uh, the Brazilian Kevin Durant. Yeah, they should uh renounce those um so they got 3.43 million in cap space right now um no they got 10 million in cap room my bad and then in 2019 2020 they should have about 54 in cap space i think a look couple, out kings are gonna make some moves you know i i think they um today came out that they my getting the Zach Levine mix, you know, offer him the four-year max. I think that would be around his numbers around twenty-five. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. it's somewhere. It's like one hundred two, I think. So yeah, it's it's close to that. So I, I don't think they'll get him. They could offer him that, but I think the Bulls are going to match whatever. Um, but a couple guys that I do like that they could target is Catavius uh, Caldwell Pope or Will Barton. Um, but just sign them to a, like a two or three-year deal. Because um, then you still have Buddy Hield, who when they're coming off the books, you know, I think he's still on the. He's coming right into his own. So you let them walk, and he's 
you know, coming right into his prime um, if it all works out. And same thing with Bogdan. So those are two guys that I really like for them. Y'all like anybody else in free agency for the Kings? So are we talking based upon what we think we would do or what Vladi fucking Divac would do? Yeah, no shit. Because um, only he would give Zach Levine a hundred million fucking dollars. <laughs> it would be the, the fucking stupidest thing he's ever done. I mean, I could see them. Are off- you sure? Yeah. They're going to offer Derek this Favors is twenty million. We, hold on, we're going to have a separate podcast based upon Vlade Divac's decision making for the past four years. Can we make it Vlade Divac versus and Chris, Chris Wallace? Wallace? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're going to offer Favors. Uh, Five years, $125 million or whatever. <laughs> Just get another big in there. Keep in mind that Vladi Divac said this team was a super team. A young super team. He said that twice. Well, I mean, they got Buddy the Hill, who is a young Steph Curry, so... Right. I don't know who he compared Marvin Bagley to. Probably Kevin Durant. He said Marvin Bagley can pay the three. At 6'11"? Get the fuck yeah, out of here. So, well, I guess six left. So, yeah, there's the comparison. Name, name me a three that he can guard. And go. Kyle Anderson. All right, next team. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That was a good call. Uh, real quick. If I'm the Kings, I don't sign any free agents. I'm trying to trade and accrue assets because you don't have a first-round pick this year. Um, I don't want to bring in, and I don't mean to – talk shit but i'm not trying to bring in guys that are going to stunt the growth of bogdan and buddy healed like barton and, and the, i'm i'm going to roll with the team i drafted i'm going to be willing to take on someone's bad contract if they'll be willing to give me a pick so i can get my pick back in the first round a la what the brooklyn nets did but it doesn't matter if they have a hundred million dollars in cap space next year nobody's going to play for sacramento so cap space doesn't matter for them they need to build through the Agreed. draft and uh, acquire the assets to build a roster that way. This isn't, you know, the Chris Weber, Jason Williams, Mike Bibby days. You're not going to bring a big free agent unless you just absolutely overpay like Chandler Parsons to come to Sacramento. So take on a bad contract or two, get some assets, get some picks. You've got some decent young talent, but don't don't overpay any free agent to come there. You're not going to contend in the West. Just I, I disagree with that logic of if, if Lottie wants to go after and sign these big free agents. That, I don't I don't think that's smart for them. Well, speaking of not smart, Joakim Noah has a contract, <laughs> $18.5 this upcoming season, 19.3 the following. So two years, making roughly $38 million. Uh, you had Enos Canner, who can't make up his mind, but... We've said it, it would be hard for him to pass up the $18.6 million player option. Uh, centers just, this isn't, you know, two, three years ago where every center, if you were seven foot, you were getting $15 million a, a year plus. That's not that's not what centers are getting now. So I think he would be dumb to, to pass up on it. So if he opts in, you got two centers who cannot play on the court at the same time making a combined $37 million next year. It would be great to get off Noah. I just We've said it all night. Who's going to take a two-year contract, even if they attach a first-round pick, you know, lottery protected? I don't know who's going to be willing to take that on. 
For the Knicks, I think they really could use a playmaking point guard, uh, Frank Nitalika. I think uh, he's not the aggressive point guard that you need. He's a really good defender and a good young piece, but what I would like to see them do, at least for the next year, they have the uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exception. So go out and sign somebody like an Isaiah Thomas, someone who can handle the ball and create scoring opportunities, take some of the pressure off Porzingis to you know kind of be a do-it-all guy who can get players like Courtney Lee and, and Tim Hardaway involved. But I think you know for them, they're a non-playoff team who they only have three point seven million dollars in cap space right now. So I think most importantly for them. It's trying to come off some of this so that they can free up a little bit of space and maybe compete in the East for at least a playoff spot. You know, the the NBA really needs the Knicks to be good. So if they can go off and do that, and the thing that sucks is they they wasted Porzingis. You know, he was on his, his rookie deal, so he was making low money. Next year, he's a restricted free agent, and if we're being honest, he's going to make a crap ton of money. So you just wasted a, a huge opportunity with the budding superstar there. So I think uh, you know clearing some space and maybe trying to lure in a free agent or two to try to get back in the playoffs would be best, especially with how unhappy Porzingis has been. I agree with that, but I would do it for 2019, like when Kyrie's coming available. Because New York, unlike Sacramento and some of the other teams we talked about, is a destination. Kyrie's in New York City. you know. Like So next year, even if Cantor opts in, don't re-sign him next year, that's fine. Joakim will be on an expiring deal, so you might be a little bit easier to trade him. You should be able to free up space next year. I, the teams that want to, like, and I know New York is kind of on the LA mark in terms of they got to win now. It's about championships. It's a big market. But if you bide your time right, like the way the Celtics and even the 76ers did, now they have the 76ers have all these young guys and a shit ton of money to spend. I would do the same approach with the Knicks. I wouldn't worry about getting in the playoffs this year. Like Dan said earlier, uh, Kyrie to the Knicks, that's a possibility. You'll have plenty of money next year if you can work the salary cap the right way, and people will want to come to play in New York. Plus, they've got David Fisdell, who by all accounts is a tremendous player's coach. So that's that would be my game plan. F the playoffs this year. I would focus on next year and um, try to land a big free agent. Well, and whenever I was – Talk about Isaiah Thomas and everything. I was talking about Isaiah on a one plus one, so I'm not trying to sign anybody to to big money. But yeah, I mean, they they, they do have an opportunity. I think you know Porzingis has expressed some frustration, and you know can't really blame him. You, you play for one of the kind of like you said, one of the marquee franchises, and you know missing the playoffs year in and year out isn't exactly what you're looking to do uh, early in your career. Yeah, I think their number one goal this year should be get off as many freaking contracts as you possibly can. If somebody wants to take on Noah, somebody wants to take on Courtney Lee, somebody wants to take on Lance Thomas, uh, even I like Tim Hardaway, but he is not even close to worth that money. If he was on the market right now, he wouldn't even get half that. It's just kind of the way it fell. They just gave bad contracts to not great players. And that's just kind of what happens to these teams in 2016, man. I mean, they they thought that the cap at this point would be 120 million, and it just it didn't work out that way. So, like like we said before, a lot of these teams are going to be in this position. Um, 
Fortunately, the Houston Rockets have not put themselves in this position other than Ryan Anderson, uh, who's on a four-year, $80 million deal, and he is due $41 million for the next two years. And he's really stunning what their cap is looking like. They have, as of today, with 10 players under contract. And when I say 10 players under contract... If you hold someone's cap hold, they're on your team. Like, you're holding their cap hold so you can eventually sign them. That's the whole point. For those of you who don't know what a cap hold is, when you have a cap hold for a player, if you hold that cap hold, you are retaining their rights. So, if you have bird rights to that player, you can go over the cap to sign that particular player as long as you keep their cap hold on your books. Now, that cap hold is going to go into the salary cap space that you have, which is a negative. Like Houston, Chris Paul. If they want to re-sign Chris Paul because they're so far in, into the salary cap, they have to keep his cap hold to be able to sign him to the contract that he's going to want because he wants a full max, which for him would be 35% of the cap at $101 million. That's over $35 million for a starting contract. They don't have $35 million in space to renounce his right. So they have to keep his cap hold. Clint Capella is going to keep his cap hold because he's just over $7 million. He's going to be close to a max guy. If you renounce those rights, you can't re-sign him. Trevor Ariza, he's at twelve point eight for his cap hold. He may be different because he's already come out and said that he's going to hold meetings with other teams. So maybe he's looking to move on. Maybe they rescind his rights depending on what happens with LeBron. But, again, they're $33 million over the tax into the in, – into, I'm sorry, $33 million over the cap into the tax with Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, and Clint Capella all with their cap holds on the books. Now, with that being said, they can get to $22, in, $22 million in space – but they have to renounce Chris Paul and Clint Capella to do so. That's just a huge risk. I mean, that's only if you're getting Paul George, LeBron James. I mean, somebody who's going to make a huge, huge impact. Because, again, this team was, you know, minutes away, Chris Paul injury away, whatever you whatever you think happened against the Warriors from making it to the finals. And they would have beat the Cavs in four, maybe five, two, for those of you who don't think that they would have. Uh, they would have ran through Cleveland as well. So, well, the only way to get LeBron at this point is you have to facilitate the trade and LeBron has to opt in. Because if LeBron opts out, there's no way they can get him unless they just trade and clear their books completely, which is what Cleveland would have to do. So, that's pretty much where they're at. Um, for me, I would really want to re-sign Trevor Ariza and just kind of run everything back. I would send Chris Paul every gift package in the world saying, please do not make me give you five years. I don't want to give you three years. Like, can we do a two plus one at the max? Like, I'm not paying that dude $47 million when he's 38. There's just no fucking way. There's no way I'm doing that. And with the super max that he wants with him five years maxed out, I mean, that's pretty much what his number would be since he's a 10-plus year player. So I wouldn't want to do that. I would 
keep Clint Capella's capital, uh, keep his capital, give him the qualifying offer, and just wait for a team to give him an offer and, and just match it because he's pretty important to what they do. Yeah, or make that three years last year be a non guaranteed or four year non guaranteed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm 100% agree with uh, the whole take on the Rockets. Also, Eric Gordon's contract is pretty fucking good. It is. If they want to facilitate a trade for LeBron, that would be a great piece for Cleveland to pick up. I think that would be really attractive for them. However, I think that's a long shot at this point. So that has to happen, though, by tomorrow night, right? Yeah, because LeBron has to decide whether he's going to opt in or not. Yeah, so yeah, that, again, like Colin said, this all is contingent on what LeBron does. This has affected now, I think, our fifth or sixth team. We've only previewed nine so far and six of the nine have had impacts on what LeBron's going to do so um, one team that I don't think is going to have any impact on what LeBron does is the defending champion Golden State Warriors Uh, at some point Kevin Durant will resign and then you just fill the roster with some minimums and run that shit back it's pretty simple this team is that good Um, they still have Steph and Clay and Draymond and Andre uh, Iguodala and Livingston and Jordan Bell under contract. They're going to bring back Kevin Durant. They've extended offers uh, to Looney and McCall. They, at this point, have the full mid-level. I think that goes away once Durant um, re-signs. So maybe if they can fudge it to where he signs after they use the mid-level, I'm not sure how that all works. But they'll have space to bring in a bunch of veteran guys a la Javel and um, Zaza and Swaggy and uh, David West, so they'll they'll do that again. Uh, I, well, they used the, it the last is, year. They used it on Nick Young. Uh, I don't think he got the full mid level. No, he got the taxpayer mid level. Yeah, well, they, yeah, and they did it as a. I guess it was just a one year deal because he's he's a cap hold now and he doesn't have an option. Right. So, um, they can whatever number they have, whether it be they also have the biannual, which is again only three point three million, but they could use that. That you basically with the guys I said plus the rookie they drafted, uh, Jacob Evans and then Durant. That's ten players under contract. Just fill it with with veteran guys who are, who want to chase to get a ring, like Rudy Gay, who we talked about. Or I want to throw something guys. out here. So if Dwight Howard negotiates a buyout with the Brooklyn Nets, he would help them a lot, even for twenty minutes a game. At the minimum. I mean, he could just set picks and go stand by the rim, and you're going to have double teams. And you just, I mean, I know he doesn't have the bounce that he once did, but just throw it near the backboard, and he's going to just get buckets for days. I mean, he's just a better JaVel McGee. Why even bring him in? Exactly. He's fucking JaVel McGee. I said better. How much better at this point? Come on, man. I mean, he doesn't have a rat tail, so he has that working in his favor. Also, I'd be really worried about Dwight Howard in the locker room. Apparently, he's not a, a good teammate. And the chemistry that those Warriors have, like, Dwight likes to have fun like Swaggy, but he also rubs people the wrong way. So I'm with Colin. I would, although Dwight is better, just roll with JaVale. I mean, Dwight would be effective against the Rockets if they bring back Capella. But, you know, he's not going to play major minutes. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that I would just roll with JaVale, uh, even if Dwight's Wait, on a minimum. 
you're saying they have good team chemistry, but didn't Kevin Durant, after they won the championship, said no one has any idea what was going on behind the scenes? That was David West. No, David, David West, West said that. And then they, uh, Mark Stein tweeted out that they wanted to see how they were effing with the media. Mark Stein said that was all a gag, that they were trying to see what kind of reaction that would get from the media by saying these things and baiting them into thinking that there was discontent in the locker room. Stay up with the times, uh, Damon. Fuck. Come on. Nah, Swaggy was banging Aisha. Hey, man, don't steal my line. I said that first. Speaking of banging, um, <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies roster is not banging. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I mean, do I have to talk about their contracts? We can all just talk about this and uh, – Talk about how terrible they are. Chandler Parsons. Bum, 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 bum. So, Mike Conley, he's making over $30 million for the next three years. Um, he's, got a player <laughs> option. he's got a player option this third year. Uh, Marcus Saul, he's making $24 million this year. Then he's got a player option after this year, which he'll opt in to make that twenty-five. And then you got Parsons at 24 and 25 in the next two years. Um. They're in the negatives, and uh, they're about negative fifteen mil in cap room right now. Uh, but they got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys coming off the books after this year, so they'll still. But those three big, big uh, contracts, they'll still have about ten mil in cap room next off season. So, which they got a little money to play with. This team just has to hope for the best, and that their guys just stay healthy. Like Chandler Parsons can still play. Nowhere near worth $24, $25 million, but I think he could still be like a $10 million player if he's healthy. Um, and they just need Mike Connolly and Gasol to stay healthy. And this team can be competitive. Dylan Brooks showed that he's a good player. Um, and then they just picked up one that potentially could be the best player in the draft and Jaron Jackson Jr. So, I mean, they have good pieces. Um, I feel like they could go after a couple, like Dante Exum, possibly throw him, throw him a contract. Um, Forbes, I'll offer him a contract. You know, try to get these guys to, you know, be competitive in case you know Conley goes down or whatever. What's y'all's thoughts on the Grizzlies? They need wings so badly. Yeah, uh, you know, can they bring back Ty? You know, possibly bringing back Tyreek Evans. So I mean, I, I don't think they oh. can. I don't know if they can afford him. They should have traded him at the deadline. Yes. We were screaming it. Yeah, I was but just we'll looking. I was trying to was find the them. right decision or not <laughs> here in a couple weeks. And so, and with them too, like they can't, they can't trade Chandler Parsons. They have no assets to put with him. So, it, like they, they can't do anything. They just have to hope for, you know, being healthy, man. And I don't think they can, they can. Owe, can't overreact. Like they just gotta let it play out. They can't just package Parsons with fucking future firsts or whatever. Just fucking eat that shit and roll with it. Yeah, the fact that they wanted to try to trade the number four pick if someone would take Parsons just shows you how incompetent Chris Wallace is. Like you're not gonna get people like you gave all that money to Mike Conley and Marcus All because you drafted them and you were able to draft them or extend them that much. But just because you offer Chandler Parsons all that money doesn't mean everybody else wants to come to Memphis. I think you just you just suck, just suck. Because your pick goes to 
uh, Boston. <laughs> so just continue to suck and use that pick. You've got Jaron Jackson. You know, you suck again and get another top five or ten pick, and then suck again after that. And by the time that's all done sucking, you'll have money to extend the guys that actually are, are worth playing, paying, and maybe you know fill your your roster with some guys that veteran guys. But they they took they they prided themselves on their grit and grind because nobody else wanted Zebo or Tony Allen. It just happened to work in Memphis for them. But that's they're not going to compete. Uh, I hope that the Memphis Grizzlies fans are listening to this, and you can at me at esmamu26. But <laughs> this team is not good. They're not going to win. If you're smart, you should want to suck. Could you imagine right now? Well, saying, let me ask you okay, this. Okay, we got rid of Chandler. Hold on, let me ask you this. So their pick next year goes to Boston, one through eight protected. If they all stay healthy, they're still going to finish in that one through eight range. Is it only? I thought it was lottery protected. So. Yeah. No, it, I, I'm pretty sure it's one through eight. I think it's one through eight as well. It's one through. It's one through eight protected, and then the 2020, 2020 is one through six, yeah. and then it becomes unprotected. So if they stay healthy, do you think they? I I don't think they forfeit their pick if they all stay healthy, and that's a huge if. But I think they'll finish better than. The eighth team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would, I would then try to make sure Chandler Parsons plays seventy-five games and try to. You got to try to tank to get that pick. Is next year the year that the lottery rules change? Yes. Yes. You, you have to tank. You cannot lose that pick in a team that is going to have that much money tied up in one more year of Parsons, a couple more year with Conley and. Uh, Cannot lose that pick. Especially with how deep the drafts have been. That 9, 10, 11, 12 range is still good. Uh, but, yes, they cannot lose that pick. Well, I know we talked a little bit about the Grizzlies and using high draft picks to be able to build something and then extend them, this next team. That's what they did. They're in kind of a crappy situation, though. They, they – Handed out some bad contracts. I'm talking about the Washington Wizards. They have John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Otto Porter this year are combining to make $70 million. Next year, John by himself goes from $19 million to $37.8. They don't have any cap space. They do have Ian Mahimi. <laughs> Signed for the next two years at $15 million a, a clip. There's no way they can get off that contract unless they do something stupid like trading multiple picks. And I pray to Piccolo that somehow they can get off that contract. But I don't think they do. So what I think they should do is try to get off of Jason Smith and or Jody Meeks. Those are really the only two guys who aren't going to contribute for them that are making a significant amount to, to mean anything. Uh, the other guys ahead of them, Marquise Morris, he's a starter. Austin Rivers is going to be probably the sixth man. Uh, then you got Mahimi, which we already talked about. Wall, Beal, Porter. Right now, Mike Scott, Michael Scott is a uh, free agent, so probably going to lose him. Uh, re-signing him would just – dip too much into the luxury tax. I think all that Washington can and 
probably will do is use that uh, taxpayer mid-level exception at $5.3 million. The target I would go after is Nerland Noel. I think he thinks he's a, worth a lot more than that, but if you just sit and wait and, and that market continues to dry up, uh, guys aren't going to just sit out the year. So if you go to him with that middle-level exception, I, I think that's kind of the type of guy John Wall's looking for. Athletic, rim protector. Um, Kentucky can, Connection. Yeah, the Kentucky Connection. I think he would be the best fit. If not, then go out and try to get Lucas Nogueira. Uh, kind of the same deal. He, he Nogueira just rode the pine. He, he lost minutes to Jacob Portal. So you could go out and try to get him. I don't think that the Raptors are going to try to bring him back. Uh, he, he's a good uh, shot blocker. I was looking at his stats the other night. And I think one season he averaged 1.6 blocks per game whenever he was actually getting some runs. So may not offer much offensively, but... Wizards haven't had a rim protector in quite some time, so not going to spend much time on them. Do y'all have anything Damon. to add? They, yeah, I do. Yeah. I got I got two things for you. First one, Marcus Gasol, and it works out. Marcus Gasol for Otto Porter straight up. No. I mean, as much as I I didn't want to sign Otto Porter last year, I wish we had a podcast so I had it recorded. I didn't want to sign him. I mean, I love Otto Porter, but just I knew he was going to get the max, and I didn't think he was worth it, and now that – like Dan said earlier, the cap isn't going up at the rate people expected it. It's like, holy crap, that's a lot of money for a guy who probably won't ever make an all-star team. But at the same time, just Mark Saul's age and, you know, uh, at some point he's going to start slowing down and, you know, slow-footed centers just don't have a future in this NBA. All right, and then could you package Kelly Oubre with me and Ian Mahimi? Do you think that's possible? He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be a free agent next year. So are you going to pay him? Yeah, I mean, but are you going to pay him? I mean, it just depends. I mean, they've floated around. You know, there's been rumors about trading Beal, uh, trading Otto. So, I mean, it just depends on if they're able to come off off any of this money next year. He's going to be, you know, on a one-year expiring. So maybe you can package 2020 to somebody to take him on, and you can re-sign Kelly. I love Kelly Oubre. I think he's a really good rotational uh, 3-4 combo forward. So I think it would be tough to get off. And at the same time, if you're sending off Gortat and all you're getting in return is Austin Rivers, and you're sending off uh, Mahimi and Oubre, probably for absolutely nothing but maybe a second-round pick, you're getting worse as a team that was the eighth seed. So, you know, what are you telling your superstars uh, that are signed to max contracts? And you have to find a team that takes that. Because yeah. he, 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 he eats a deer 2019 space. So exactly. that's something that somebody has to look at. I mean, you're gonna. I don't even. I don't even think that's enough. You'd have to, like you said, attach a first-rounder to that or something because – I don't think the team's taking that with the 2019 class, especially if you got LeBron, Paul George, uh, everybody just opts in and goes for another year, signs a one plus one, and then it's just going to be chaos this time next year. Yeah, I think I think the play is to wait it out, and this time next year we'll talk about putting 2020 first uh, attached to Mahimi and, and getting off that contract. But, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's just a piss-poor situation. They got – caught up in that 2016 spending spree and signed Andrew Nicholas and thank God we're able to get off of that. Um, 
as the Sean shout out uh, to the Nets yeah, as the thanks. Wizards as the Wizards GM, do you explore John Wall trades? Uh-oh. Hell yeah! And build around your build around your best player and Bradley Beal. Yeah, easy. <laughs> <laughs> but speak, speaking, I mean, we give Chris Wallace crap, but. Ernie Grunfeld for the Wizards might be the worst GM. I mean, he did a really Stop. good job. He doesn't have Stop. the he, he doesn't have the failures that Chris Walls has in the draft, but he's been in place for a very long time and he has not done much. I mean, this team hasn't gotten better. And with that, we are going to end part 1. We'll come back with part 2. Same guys, we're just going to run through the the next few teams. I think we've gone through 12 so far. So we're going to finish out uh, the last 18 that we have, um, and we'll see you guys then.